Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcaller's is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Night Callers, which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Hello, friends. Uh, it's great to make another episode. This is Jeremiah from the Bigfoot Society podcast. If you're a new listener, I'm glad that you're taking your time to listen to this uh, episode. It's going to be fun. I'm releasing an older interview that not a lot of people heard yet. Um... Also, for all my uh, previous listeners, I'm glad you're still hanging out. Uh, you may be curious about what was going on. I did take about a month off to uh, get some things straightened out health-wise and uh, just uh, figure stuff out. And I'm doing good. I am getting stuff in order. If you haven't been to the doctor in a long time and had a physical, this is your person that cares about you that's telling you to set that up tomorrow because you never know what's going on and things are good with me um, but yeah just take care of yourselves and do it for your family and for the people that love you um, for the new people uh, follow along with the community at Bigfoot Society on Instagram uh, there's a link in the profile that have all sorts of other good links you can go to the Etsy as well um, if you'd like to support the podcast, I am having a 50% off uh, Bigfoot Society stickers on the Etsy account right now, which is really cool. You get some good deals right now. Also, another big thing, um, there's no longer a uh, Bigfoot Society Patreon uh, group. Um, just so you're aware of that. But again, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, you can do so by uh, picking up a shirt and... Um, or some stickers on the Etsy. And uh, yeah, big things coming down the horizon. Excited for the Van Meter Visitor Festival coming around the corner before we know it. Uh, the 25th of September will be here in just a few months. And uh, yeah, I'm good to go. I can put my podcast studio in my backpack now. And we are ready to do some crazy stuff uh, that weekend. It'll be a fun time. Maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I won't, but I'll be making some contact content so you all can uh, listen to it and hear some interviews. Be a good time. But again, I'm just so grateful and thankful that you are still listening to this podcast, uh, all my friends and listeners. And go ahead and uh, drop me a, a line on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know what you thought. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again for hanging out with me. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into the interview with uh, Jackie Talks, a uh, UK-based Bigfoot researcher. But she pulls out some crazy stories that you are going to love and also uh, some stories that are in our 
neck of the woods as well. So uh, get ready for a fun interview and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Let's get on with the interview. I have the privilege of talking to uh, Jackie Tonks. Uh, well, for me this afternoon, for her, it's uh, this night because she's over in the UK, correct, Jackie? Yep. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, so much for coming okay, so. Oh, man. Ooh, almost time for bed, right? Uh, <laughs> Jackie uh, is really a cryptozoologist, uh, Bigfoot researcher. Uh, she has a psychology degree, all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add to that as well, Jackie? Or? Uh, I'm also a trained counselor therapist, so that's been okay. quite good in the research as well. Awesome. Oh, yeah. The and witnesses as well. And yeah. Oh, totally. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I am extremely interested in that. How have you found, uh, how has that helped with your witness interviewing? Um, I think, especially my therapy experience, and also my first psychology degree, if somebody's uh, fabricating stuff you know you can sort of tend to tell mm. uh, very subtle non-verbal sometimes sometimes okay. they look at you too intensely that's one thing they'll do um you know it also depends though i mean you know people may look um i don't really know about neuro-linguistic programming you know when people have thinking about things from there imagine it depends whether they're left or right-handed but most people oh, wow. you sort of they'll look down for recall and and the other the um left or right for recall and then opposite for things from the imagination and you've got to deem really what's their dominant brain side but you can <laughs> actually tell whether they're trying to fabricate stuff just by the you can do little tests of stuff there. Oh man! You know, also, there's all sorts of things you can do, really. And I think, I think it's also just checking whether somebody's a credible witness. You know, yeah. what, not not necessarily about what work background they've got, but you know, it can help really. And what you know, checking up in the community, are they seen as a reliable person? And oh, I think yeah. the big thing is multiple witnesses as well. If you've got multiple witnesses, that's that's really mm. powerful, really. Oh, wow. That is really cool. Um, and I'm going to become super, uh, um, I'm going to be aware of everything I do in this interview after that conversation. It's like, have you found, uh, I find myself looking up a lot when I'm interviewing. Does looking up mean anything particularly usually or? Um, it usually means, uh, I know the old thing they used to say about, um, teachers would say to the kids it's the answer's not on the ceiling because <laughs> kids spend, but actually it is because it helps them to spell when they look up words oh interesting brains wired and what yeah so actually yeah, looking yeah, up, yeah. teachers used yeah. to help, tell kids off but actually it was actually helps them to spell i was involved in some experiments and i got wired up by a psychologist <laughs> so no way <laughs> oh really that's yeah, cool yeah it was quite when i was at university some of the psychology degree it was quite fun that mm, but, so, i bet yeah. Yeah. Um, do you mind me asking, uh, uh, so you're in the UK, um, what, uh, what part, uh, kind of generally over there just for, for context? Uh, I'm presently living in Devon, um, okay. which is the South part of the Southwest. Um, okay. it's also where right, not far from me where they film some of Warhorse as well. Spielberg Warhorse. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Spielberg nice. and yeah, we get quite Cornwall, quite a lot of stuff filmed um the last scene okay. of apocalypto 
when they see the conquest oh, yeah. on the beach is actually filmed in Cornwall. So oh, <laughs> wow. things. Got some very nice beaches down there. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. I, I hear it's beautiful over there. I've been over to Ireland uh, two times to the Western coast Galway area. And it's just such a beautiful, uh, I mean, Ireland is definitely laid back. I've, I haven't been to England yet, but someday either that or Scotland, I have Scotland her- Scottish heritage, but um, yeah, it's such a beautiful, uh, nothing like being able to walk up to old uh, medieval forts that don't have fences around them and just kind of enjoy it, you know, like it's just. Oh yeah, we've got mind. some really old sort of Celtic and yeah, exactly. You know, sort of even Neolithic forts as well. They're quite mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. 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 In America would have that locked down and cause we don't trust anyone. And it's like over there, it's like, whatever, you know, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm curious how you uh, how did you get into cryptozoology? What's your story there? Uh, a very weird begin. Well, as a child, I used to watch the series called Sea Clocks Mysterious World, and it had um, all different strange phenomena. But one of them, I remember as a child, about must have been seven eight years old, watching uh, Patty, very famous, walking across uh, yes. the creek, and thought, "Oh." I'd love to do that, but never thought anything. I would ever mm. would or go big footing. But um, I remember seeing Bob Gimlin as well, a very younger Bob Gimlin in that. No, oh, you did. Um, yeah, back in the eighties, and oh wow, I never thought I'd get like involved with that. And then I had a really strange encounter. Um, I was reading the Fourteen Times. Do you get the Fourteen Times over there? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, but I have. Uh, who's my contact? I have a contact. I believe his name is Peter Laws. Oh, um, Peter, yeah. You yep, know Peter. So yeah, he yeah. he got me an interview with uh, Richard Freeman, which was oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then um, there, British cryptozoology is amazing. It's like it makes us look like we're in the wild west and you guys are super locked in. And it's like you're going for it and you're all over the world and like you're you're taping stuff and it's like you don't care if it's on tv or not tv doesn't matter it's like it's very respectable like i respect you guys over there yeah i think people are very dedicated here oh yeah i think as well i think we have because i know in america i noticed people don't get much time off work a lot less than they do in england so we have longer holidays and i think you Uh, know i think that makes a difference for able to do that but Going back to Richard Freeman, actually, yeah. that the way I got into it, I, I was reading the 14 times and there was this article on the Mongolian death worm, which is yes. another cryptid. And yes. I got to the end and there's a picture of a, a gothy looking guy next to a dragon. And I thought, I thought, oh, he looks a bit scary. Anyway, I thought, better walk yeah. the dog I had at the time. And it was 20 past um, 10 at night. I better walk the dog quick. I sort of walked to the end of my road, which is near the train sta- big main train station next to in Devon, crossed the road and then walked along and then suddenly the guy whose picture I've seen in the magazine walks no past me. Now this oh, is an no international way. magazine. So wow. I did this double take and I swung around and I said, Oh, uh, excuse me. Are you, are you Richard? And he went, yeah. And he's looking at me strange. My dog was a bit scary looking, but that's actually really friendly. And, um, well, he does like dogs, but, uh, and I said, do you write for the 14 times? He goes, yeah. And I went, Oh my God, I've just been reading wow. an article. It absolutely freaked me out. We've just stood like, ooh, weird. Um, ooh. Anyway, about six months later, the, the train station had a, a news agent there, and there I was buying the 14 times, and two hands went to grab a copy, and he <laughs> was one of them. 
So he no said, oh, well, I was the person who met you on the street. He said, all right, yeah, I oh. remember you. And then he invited me to the conference, the uh, called Weird yes. Weekend. Yeah. Which is, then there's a Weird Weekend, there's like one held in Devon. There's now one held up in North as well, in Manchester. Okay. But um, So, and then I sort of met various people. I think that second mm. conference I went to, I met Adam Davies. And, oh, yeah, um, sure. And he was going out sort of um been invited out by laurie simmons to a big footing so he said oh you can come if you want to so i joined them and you know other people from the center for zoology went out and not looked back since so seriously got into it wow that, man the synchronous like the coincidences and synchronicities for that all to happen is wild like that was freak, what freaky, are the chances yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I, mean, I didn't realize he lived in Exeter as well. But the chance mm. of me reading the article and he was at the literally just past the bottom of my street was freaky. Wow. It's, it's Such a of, cool you know, story. Yeah, it's almost meant to be getting he's one of my best mates now, you know. Oh, of, nice. Yeah, really he's a cool dude. That. Yeah, and me and other friends, we sort of meet mm. up and do stuff. And yeah, yeah. So I've been like to North America, I've been to. Carbadina Balcaria, which is now in Russia, looking for the Almasty. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. So I've been to Nepal as well, interviewing people about Yeti sightings. And although the wow. last time I was there, it, I got a possible interview with a, um, a, a professor there who's, he, I think he does economic stuff, but he's also written books on Yetis. And he had a theory that Yetis have a migratory route, which is interesting. Because really? there's some theory with Bigfoots that they go from the mountain to the coast in the winter, which is I thought was really interesting. And the a bookseller said, oh, I just happened to know him. I'll arrange you to meet him. And just as he was arranging, the Nepal earthquake hit. So I was in the, in the earthquake and we just had to get out of there as quick as we could, really. There was still earthquake, oh earthquake happening. So, yeah, wow. so I could meet him. But we're meeting people who'd had like rocks thrown at them by yetis and... Well, my my friends, um, um, I was just meeting a friend, uh, my friend's brother there. Suddenly, my friend who's a Sherpa had died, and he um, he basically hired some guides, and he said they came back absolutely shaking with fear, like crying like children. Oh he my said, "Goodness!" And they come up from they were at an Annapurna circuit, Annapurna mountain. Okay, yep, yep. And he he said. He said, what's the matter? What's the matter? And he said, he ended up hugging them, which he wouldn't normally do. It's not really sort of. Wow. And he said, like, but they were like little children crying. And he Ugh. said, and he said, what's the matter? And he said, big man monkey threw rocks at us. And he said, how big were the rocks? And they basically were coffee table size. So it wasn't going to be a macaque. And they said, what did Ooh. it look like? And they, they said, taller than any white man. Now you get quite a few Americans in um, Kathmandu about six foot seven and they said it was yeah. well above that they said really? well above any white man and they said it had no tail so i'm pretty sure it was a yeti from the description but these rocks were massive so yeah. oh my goodness that's amazing like yeah, yeah. so and i met a guy in exeter actually who'd seen a yeti when he was 13 and he's out with his dad um you know climbing lower peaks and um okay he was near this forest area and he saw something standing up and he thought, what's that? He thought it was a bear. And suddenly this thing panicked and just sort of, it was on all fours and he described it 
having a face like a cat. So he said, you've got like the bare nose, but the oh. rest of it was hair, but he's, and, but a flat face. And he said it was standing upright and it looked manlike. And then suddenly it went on all fours and panics and sort of running on fours and it gambled him over. He just, you know, slightly staggered a bit and fell backwards. And then all the, yet the um, Sherpas grabbed his camera off him and said, Yeti, Yeti, like this. And no they way. Thing. So, yeah, this was just a casual conversation with a guy in my town in a Yeti as well. So, oh, I love yeah. it. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, you have really gotten to yourself into some crazy adventures, haven't you? Yeah. And that chance yeah. meeting. Yeah, yeah, the one in uh, yeah Russia was quite, I mean, I've obviously done a lot of Bigfoot stuff. That's my area. But the one in Russia was quite interesting. Originally, I think they wondered what we were because there was no other Westerners in the area. And Ooh, I think really? we had the police come and sit with us and a detective kept joining us every night. And I thought, are we going to get arrested? And then he said... We, we, we thought you might be, you know, some spies or something, but we realized you were just oh, crazy yeah. scientists. So, and then hey, he was yeah, joining exactly. us, but, but they all completely believed in it. They all said, I don't know why you're interested in it. It's just a normal animal. No way. Like, they view it as yeah. a normal animal. Yeah. Like, the it farmers doesn't... Were saying, oh, wow. We've seen loads of them. We don't know what, why you're so interested, you know. Yeah, they were just bemused as to why we'd be out there looking for it. Oh, you know, they said, well, you know, why didn't you look for bears, whatever? They just couldn't understand why we were looking for this thing because they knew it existed. <laughs> yeah. And I had this really bizarre conversation. We interviewed this guy who was um, an ex-priest. Okay. And he'd been with, you know, this was the time of the Iron Curtain and I don't know what he'd done, but he ended up in jail and no longer a priest. But um, yeah, sure. he was telling us, and this guy was, you know, quite a credible witness being a priest, telling us how his grandmother used to have one in the garden, an almasty, which is, the almasty, for those who don't know, it's a bit, yeah. I mean, my friends have seen it, um, through my friends, uh, Ukrainian friends, and um, they they said it looked a bit like Nostralopithecus. That was the closest, really? you know, Lucy sort of match. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was basically saying his grandmother... Um, had one come into the garden and it was throwing a few things at her to start with. And then she fed it. It's a female one. And then it got quite tame and it'd sit next to her grandmother and she'd feed it. Mm. And then the grandmother, oh, actually, this could be quite useful, you know, because it yeah. could be aggressive, but it's okay with me. So she tamed it and she put straw down in the shed and it used to sleep there. So she basically ended up with this hominid guard dog. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> if anybody would literally throw rocks at them. Yeah, this is funny because so I, I did an interview last week with a researcher from Alaska, Fairbanks area, and oh, she yeah. shared a story with me from the 1860s that has been passed down in her area. It's not in a book at all that she's aware of where it's very similar to that, where there was a um, uh, an older grandmother uh, mm -hmm. where there was pretty much like a younger Bigfoot and it like mm -hmm. became almost like her son and was helping out. And like, after she was gone, it just disappeared. But it's very yeah. similar to what you just yeah. said. Yeah. That's, that's like, so I've incredible. Heard stories like this. Yeah. I've heard, I got told, um, uh, one up at ocean shores by the, um, first nation people there. Yeah. Um, uh, they said there was an elderly chap who lived on the edge of the ocean shores who used to like feed this quite large, I think it was a male Bigfoot, and sit mm. on the bench with it. 
and then regularly meet him every night he'd handed food and then he oh said the old goodness. man died and the bigfoot just disappeared nobody saw it but he said oh yeah we all remember that you know it was just like a normal thing yeah normal thing for them yeah that just is mind-blowing that's yeah. it's crazy i mean there's obviously stuff out there and especially in that area of russia where it's like why aren't you looking for another animal? This one's boring. We see it all the time, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, man, that is so cool. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you had mentioned that you've gone to uh, North America uh, for expeditions as well. Do you mind sharing about uh, some of that? Yeah, quite a few times. I mean, the first okay. time with Adam Davies and Laurie Simmons and we got the, um, um, we got the sort of camera trap photo that's quite controversial. I mean, I really don't know what that was, but we did have, um, uh, if you can see it on YouTube, Extreme Expeditions, it comes up. And okay. we did have, um, you know, one of our members is quite stocky, crouched in the same position, but somebody else did analysis has said, you know, from judging Dave's height compared to this thing, this thing was about eight feet tall. So, you know, wow. that was quite... But we don't know. I mean, we didn't know whether it was, you know, I think we were just open-minded. We, is it one of us in a sleeping bag or it just looked too large? Um, mm. Very strange, but it was just no footprints because the ground is just really solid. We're just dust, you know, exactly. you can get footprints. But yeah. I did, we did see um, about 10, 15 miles away from there, we did find some really good Bigfoot footprints, which you could tell were um, cast some of those, got some... Um, okay cool those. and you could see it was something really heavy because it was in mm. mud i tried to jump off a log and yep. so whether i could recreate the depth and i was just nowhere near the depth yeah you, you hear know, that the, all the, the time thing was yep. quite heavy and you could actually see where its <clears> toes are, like crunched down trying to get hold as it went up you know a slope mm. so they were pretty you know and they got the one after the other they're not side by side they're like one after the other you know and that's they look quite authentic and i also heard what i think was a howl on really uh yeah just as i was getting my tent the others had gone over the other side but i could hear what sounded like a howl was it like um yeah. are you familiar with like the ohio howl from the the early 90s like that one yeah it's the one you hear very, on all the tv shows you know yeah that yeah one. yeah it was like that. Like yeah. That. yeah but the the the, the excitement stuff really started to happen uh, with 2014. I went out with Tom Contral. Tom, I've met Tom on the first. Oh day yeah, totally cool. And we went. Quite a few of us met up, and and we went um, just outside Orleans. There's a logging road up there. Uh, is it the OS or a G road? Anyway, the Orleans to oh, can't remember the name. Anyway, this was in 2014, um, and we got there and you could clearly see what looked like Bigfoot footprints within no minutes like over the anthills of big footprints. Like, Whoa, this is oh, good. Wow. And then about, it's about three, four days in, we were regularly would drive to Willow Creek just to get a meal, which is about 40 miles away. Okay. Now the logging road's really good. It's sort of, you know, um, Oh, what do you call it? I don't know what you call it. It's like gravelly stuff, but it can drive quite fast on it. You can I probably gotcha. do yep. quite safely. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a bit to the campsite, you have to go really slow. But um, we were going along there, it was 24 in the afternoon, and I suddenly see from a distance 
and I was really annoyed because it was the I was just charging my camcorder batteries <laughs> and I've all mm. all the previous times that I'd had it jammed in with my neck support thing and like, oh no and I see this these things from a distance and they look like two men in all in one suits dark suits with a hood up but Whoa. bare feet and I said to Tom God what are these idiots doing they're killing their feet on there God do you think they're drug runners or something he starts laughing and he said, what are you here to look for? Or something oh, like that. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, yeah, what are you here Oh, yeah, for? it gets better than that, though. They then ran out into burnt trees and then panicked because they couldn't get cover because it was literally burnt out for miles on the one side, but not on oh, the other. yeah, sure. And then they suddenly came back in front of the car. And I'm talking, I've got my head turned to Tom. I heard him yell. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. And he slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's like quite, you know, um, gravelly. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell they were panicking. They were like flapping. And their, their, their face is like twitching. Well, the one you could, I was just looking at the one, you know, I was oh. flicking through the two, but the one I was looking at mainly. And you could see the faces twitching. They were that close. They were panicking. They didn't know what to do. And then they shot down a really steep slope, which um, afterwards, it's funny, people do this. I've read it very consistent. People will see them and not stop because your brain's going, <laughs> oh, not to yeah, that. But it doesn't also, know what to do. Yeah. You know, part of my brain is also wouldn't have said stop because a bit of things were they just really weird looking drug runners because your brain's trying to rationalize yeah, it. It's got to be something else. Yeah. But also, you don't. But for Tom, it was the novelty. He hardly, like, oh, yeah, I'm glad you've seen them sort of thing. He hardly reacted because um, Tom's seen them loads of times. And Arla um, yeah. Kalich was in the back as well. And she um, she didn't react too much because she's, you know, she's seen loads of them as well. But they so were like, who was that? Who was that in the back? Arla, Arla Kalich uh, Collins. I've never pronounced her name right. Um, I'll, I'll check though and let you know. But okay. uh, Arla, I know is Arla, but um, okay. uh, Colette, that's it, I think. Um, anyway, she was in okay. the back as well. She'd been half asleep, so she woke up just to see them shooting over this slope. Yeah. But it was a close-up. You could see the um, – it wasn't fur. It was like hair all over, just like this, but all over, apart from the face, which was a lot bearer. Mm. Um, and the hands looked a lot better and some of the feet, really? you know, a little bit on the chest. But, but you could see that the face was really not like – the eyes were a lot bigger than I expected. They were all dark, couldn't see any white at all. They were quite spooky-looking eyes, very mm. deep, deep brow ridge, um, okay. pointed head like, you know, domed head like a gorilla, like sagittal crest sure. possibly. And massive shoulders. The shoulders are about three and a half foot across. Oh, wow. Very, but it was almost like an inverted triangle. So you've got the, the very broad mm -hmm. shoulders. And the legs were incredibly thin. I didn't, you know, they weren't stocky like they could train some images. They were like human's okay. legs. That's interesting. Was, they were a bit like a, a rugby player in England or I don't know what mm. you call rugby there. But, but rugby players don't have much neck. They're very muscly. Sure. Okay. A bit yep. similar. You couldn't see much neck as well. Oh, and, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So remind me, um, how far away were they when you're when you're taking a look at them? 
Uh, I reckon I said 15 feet. Tom oh, said wow. 20 feet. But, and I said they were six and a half and seven foot tall. Tom said they were seven and seven and a half feet tall. He's ex-Forsy, so he's probably going to be, and he's an ex-logger. He's probably better at judging distances. So Sure. Yeah. Uh, you said Northern California area because you were driving into Bluff Creek. Yeah, it was yeah. basically, um, we found out afterwards, it was two and a half miles from Bluff Creek where Patty mm. was formed, where we saw them. Wow. Yeah. Humboldt, uh, I think that's Humboldt County, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, curious. I don't think you mentioned this. Do you remember color scheme at all? Uh, they were like, very dark it was almost like black but it's like slaty gray but i think they were black because it was very dusty i think the dust had ah. given the effect of slaty gray but i think they were actually black or very very mm. dark brown but they looked almost like slaty gray we have welsh slate and that's like a very dark gray they looked like did, that. Um, it was so dusty there did seeing uh so looking at the 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 um the figures looking at the faces did that evoke any uh, emotions particularly in you i always find that interesting i think those basically like it's like seeing a unicorn in the middle of the road you just go i can't believe yeah. i'm seeing this and your brain's going oh it can't be that it must be drug runners there must be drug runners with bare feet okay. perhaps there perhaps there you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know and yet i was thinking well if they're wearing a big woolly suit you know fur suit in that weather it was hot it was really cold at night, but it was really hot in gotcha. the day because it's June. You know, they'd be black, as Tom said, they'd be, you know, blacking out in yeah. no time. They would not cope with that heat. So, you know, but your brain sort of rationalizing, are they just really ugly blokes? And I think, they, <laughs> I, I hope I'm never going to end up in an interview with this guy, but I would describe the face like a really ugly Xavier Badem. Got very similar features to him. That's amazing. Yeah, that, no, that I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was amazed how human-like. Yeah. Wow, that's that's and really I, and interesting. And I'll, I'll find you the, as I speak, and I'll find you the net. Ola's um surname. I'm hopefully it's on her surname, but um, she she says some of them are actually quite handsome. You know, by human terms, some of them are quite you know ape-like, and some are. I say Arla. Really. Kalich Colette. That's her name. Yeah. Um. Do you mind? Uh, do you have like that written down in front of you? Yeah, you... spell it. Yeah, C A I double E A C H, and her surname is C O double L E T T. Is that another uh, um, uh, researcher from the UK or? No, she's from uh, originally from Texas. Really. Yeah. I've never heard yeah. that name before. That's, she's written that's books interesting. on it as well. Her okay. experiences as a child, she, her and her wow. mother came across a couple and that she's been into. I'll have to check, check that out. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. They're saying that some of them were better, like almost like uh, better looking than others or like some of them. Yeah, were, there's basically yeah, the that's tribe. So there's the ugly ones and the pretty ones. There's huh. basically those who look ape-like and those who look yeah, quite human-like. Yeah. And I know some people have said, is it a subbreed or are they just like people? You're going to get ugly people and pretty people. And yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, is there, uh, I know um, with Richards, uh, that organization, th they sometimes would make like, um, 
I haven't watched through all the stuff on YouTube. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff. Uh, is there footage available to watch of like that expedition or is it, like a private thing? Um, the one I did with Tom, I have mm -hmm. got a lot. It's a bunch of very busy with work. I've not got around to putting stuff together. I did do a bit oh of filming, God. yeah. It's just yeah. hanging and out. It's one of those things, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I know. No. It's one of those things. It's like I, I'm very I get good it. At, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I often try to get other people to film there. I have actually done filmmaking courses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm notorious no. for collecting it but not compiling it, although um, uh, I have made friends with a guy with a production company, Brian Sterling okay. V and we're hoping yeah. to do some stuff together so um he's ex-bbc cameraman and oh, wow. presenter he's got his own so that's that should be good <laughs> is there <laughs> is there good. footage of the bigfoot yeah. or no okay no okay. I mean, okay. it's as i said it's one of those things charging the camera but i think even yeah. if i'd have the camera there i know people are often asked like why um, you know, the one with um we got quite a lot of film with the one with Adam Davis. There's already been the cam the photo's been sure. published, but sure. but um I think the thing is when you see one, I mean there's it, it's like with Jeremy Holden, the wildlife cameraman from Australia, when he saw a Narang Pendek, oh yeah, he's used to acting quick to film stuff and he just dropped his camera. Mm. You know. But yeah, from what I <laughs> hear, it's just yeah. like you, you can't be prepared for it. You can't. No. It, your brain's yeah. in shock. I think if yep. I saw one a second time, but even the second time, you know, I had the rock throwing incident, mm -hmm. um, which was highly likely to be one that was, um, that was just after the Sasquatch summit. It was one of the the, the Saturday night. It was on um, in November uh, a couple of years ago, and Brooklyn um, Francisco, who, who films the summit, you know, he normally works in television and film. Um, we we always try to do a little little tiny expedition on on Saturday night, go out for a couple of hours because it's prime big nice. area there. And we asked Johnny, who runs the summit, like, is there anything activity? And he said, yeah, we've had solid activity a couple of miles away. And he gave us the rough, you know, location. He said, yeah, we've had loads and loads of sightings of a bigfoot. So we went wow. out to this location and went down a little logging road there, and we just randomly choked just parked the car. I went down this logging road, probably about half a mile, and I, I could see the car. I could get a thermal image of the car engine still from where I was. Um, so we went that far, but probably put a mile, half a mile. And it was a very small logging road, very, very strange, actually. And um, we started doing the whoops. We started doing a bit of wood knocking. Brooklyn sure. did a howl. I'm pretty good at the whoops. In fact, I've scared people. They think it's the real thing. But um, we didn't. It was a bit of a laugh, really. We didn't really expect to get anything. It was raining a little, so we couldn't really use much equipment. Um, I was using my thermal for a bit when it stopped raining, but the undergrowth was so thick. The trees hadn't been thinned out, really thick. You couldn't really see through. And we carried on, didn't expect anything. And suddenly, um, Brooklyn just grabs me and he goes, oh, I've just heard a growl and I can hear something in the undergrowth. And he said, Whoa. I said, what was the growl like? And he said, <clears throat> like this. And it sat. I said, my God, that oh, sounds man. like that's like a silverback gorilla. Because I've sat yep. with mountain gorillas and the sound he did was just like an annoyed gorilla sound. I thought, whoa. I said, but he also could be a bear. They did a huffy. He said, oh, yes, it could be. So we were getting a little bit sick. It was such a small path. Unless you could run back to the car, something blocked your path you'd have nowhere to go couldn't get through the undergrowth it's too thick so 
mm. a little bit panicky at this point. We're quite vulnerable. And then, um, and then you heard the undergrowth. Initially, it was really quiet, though. We thought it was like a raccoon, and then we heard the growl. It was almost a bit louder, but not like thrashing. It was sure. like you know, relatively quiet. But then you heard, but this sound, the the you know, the grunt was literally about a foot above Brooklyn's head, and Brooklyn's about six foot three, six five. Oh, so man. the ground was flat. So he thought, oh, this thing's tall. So we started, but it could have been, a, you know, bear on its hind legs. But but then we had a pine cone thrown at our feet, and we thought, oh, it's got hands. And I said, uh -oh. oh, it's probably just fallen off the tree. Don't panic. And suddenly a little stone came flying in front of my face. Oh, man. And I thought, oh my god it's definitely got hands so we were like yep. starting to panic at this point and i think i think brooklyn did the wrong thing he pulled his machete out and it starts oh dear he was swinging his torch we just panicked i suppose because yeah. it was so close <clears throat> this thing wow. was no more than four or five feet away but it could really? be close yeah yeah it was that literally oh right wow so and he we took out a machete well, yeah, he had a little tiny machete, you know, one small machete. So. That could have been it. Uh, well, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a good choice. Anyway, whatever it was. Or maybe was, it was a good choice. You don't you don't know. You don't right? know, but yeah. it was whatever it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a human because the, okay. the next thing that came hurtling through was probably something like that. It was like oh my a rock, but it was with such force. It actually, and the ground was quite hard. It wasn't completely frozen but it was quite hard the ground it literally went into the ground and it smashed every stone it hit and there were hard stones and the force this thing was thrown it was like a i don't know whether you have shot putting as a yeah yeah totally yeah yeah America, just mm -hmm. literally like a shot putter and i oh, thought wow. oh my god that's not a human you know initially brooklyn shouting you know stop pacing around you know you you know what Stop fooling around. He thought it was a human. Mm -hmm. He thought mm -hmm. we'd possibly set up, you know. Um, but the force, unless somebody had a catapult on them, randomly sat in winter, you know, it would have been about half wow. 10, nearly 11 at night. And they wouldn't have got it through, you know. It must have. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Bigfoot. And the growl, and it was like. You a, said uh, this ooh. is a colleague of yours named Brooklyn. Brooklyn, he's the guy who films the Sasquatch Summit. Yeah. He's normally, um, he does like production manager stuff and all sorts of other stuff as well for television. Okay. And, yeah. And Remind me, um, I am not overly familiar with the Sasquatch Summit. Tell me a little more about that. It's really good. I mean, it's sort of everybody gets there on the Friday nights. There's a little bit of a social thing there. Um, and then most of it's on the Saturday. Um, it's very unusual in the English conferences. It would be whole Saturday, whole Sunday. But obviously, mm. as people traveling long distances, um, it can't you can't do that in this country. So in that country, so uh, okay, it's a bit unusual for me. But I find it's like literally starts about eight nine in the morning and carries on all the way through. And we, you know, we we find that a bit of a challenge in England. We like our breaks. Okay. So yeah, break. right. And tea time and all that bro, there's yeah. so many lectures and it's really good there's all top oh, people man. there they often have bob gimlin there is and this in the uk friends uh, no we haven't had one yet in the uk tom control ages ago was trying to get one started in the uk and it didn't we we do have one's general cryptozoology and unusual phenomena but 
We've not had a Bigfoot one, but it'd be great if we could get one because I'm sure we'd fill it. That'd be crazy. Yeah. So the Sasquatch yeah. Summit, it's a US thing then. The US, yeah. Oh, Just really? I'll have to look it up. Ocean Shores, Washington State. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna get I'm gonna get feedback. They'll be like, "You've never heard of this," <laughs> but hey, there's so there's <laughs> so many I things. It's the, like, I think it's one of the biggest conferences. On oh, that history. makes me feel yeah. even more amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is great. Got one right, more there, right. but yeah. Tom. Oh Powell, yeah, yeah. Uh, the great um, uh, Bob Gimlin, as I said, um, who's actually very close friends with Tom Cantrell, so I know Bob. Yeah. he's a great guy. I've heard and that. As I said. I was watching that Arthur C. Clarke Mysterious World. I never thought I'd end up friends with Bob. <laughs> I got, didn't so, invite when I go back. And it's like, oh my God. You know, that's yeah, that's yeah. funny because I wonder if that's like how everyone in America is like, well, I watched In Search of as a little kid. I want, is yeah. that like the British equivalent, like the Arthur well, C. Clarke? I, I got or... a copy of In Search of. Yeah. Was okay, that Leonard okay. Nimoy, wasn't it? Is that Leonard yeah, exactly. Nimoy? Yep. Yeah. Yep, I've got that yep. one as well. That okay, was, cool. We used to get that as well. Yeah. Very similar. Nice. obviously the guy who, who designed the satellite yeah um, kind of a big deal you know, but he was like a good presenter as well yeah similar stuff really yeah gotcha yeah. i'll have to check it out um so you said you met bob gillen back in the 80s oh no no i, I saw him on this program in the 80s oh okay uh, yeah but you know i sort of when i was you know about 10 years old eight nine years old something like that and but obviously I know him now because I've met him at the summit. He's friends with very close friends with Tom Cantrell, is my main mentor, right. really. So oh, really? yeah, oh, cool. it's really weird how I you know I actually got to know this guy as a child. I'd be watching on this thing. I That's gotta be I, so cool. It's wonderful for me. Yeah. He's such a nice, he's so honest mm -hmm. as well. You you meet him and Tom said you'll know in the first 10 minutes the guy didn't fake it. And he would he really, really transparent guy, really incredibly honest, um, yep. very, yep. very religious and genuinely wants to help people, you know, really nice guy. And, mm. you know, he'll say, well, I could have been fooled by Patterson. He could have set me up, but I'm pretty sure because this guy would have been in his suit for days and he probably would have been attacked by a bear. And he would have got really cold. <laughs> you know, he'll say, <laughs> but he said, I'm pretty sure it was real. You know, he'll be very honest that he couldn't, you know. Yeah. He said, I'm pretty oh, sure it was, you know. Yeah. That's so amazing. I hear a version of that from everyone that I interview that has met him. So you're you're yeah. definitely dead on with that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, I have a, a few listeners that are starting to get into actually interviewing witnesses of maybe different types of cryptid sightings. Do you and I know we've kind of talked about this at the beginning, but any um any advice for them as they start off with maybe their best practices when they start off their first interview of a witness i think no leading questions i think that's that's an important thing really with anything like that don't ask leading questions just let the people speak mm -hmm. and get the description first you can ask questions later on but just let them speak because if somebody is confabulating if they are making it up you, you know you're giving them cues and clues what you want so i think it's good to just sort of let them speak just sure. say what tell us what you saw and just don't say anything so yeah i think that's you know but and you can also you know look for consistency in the report really but sometimes uh interesting in courts um a couple of friends of mine who are judges have said um 
you know, cons- inconsistency is sometimes a good thing to indicate mm. it is true. Um, if somebody's lying, they're often rehearsed the story a bit too well and they're too yeah. consistent, a little bit, um, you know, and and also, you know, it's in like child abuse cases, you know, people are stressed. Sure. They're often memories yeah. not that good. So, mm-hmm. you know, because um, when you're seeing something you're scared of, your primitive brain kicks in, sure. you know, your lower brain yeah. centers. And that's often yeah. out of time sequence. It's often not very good because uh, that's your reptile brain is often not very it doesn't right, really exactly. have concept of time or sequence so you know if you've got two you know the person said oh it's exactly you know um i mean i could say oh yeah it was about 20 to 4 because we both purposely looked to the clock but you get sure. if you know some people's stories you know there's there's too much that sort of detail which you know, with somebody's adrenaline going, makes you, you know, think, mm, I don't know. Yeah, there's mm. too much of that. That's it's fascinating. Yeah. Have, have you written like any books, Jackie? Uh, no, I keep people keep encouraging me to. You I've done need articles. to. You yeah. absolutely need to. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I'm really surprised you haven't. Like the stories yeah, you've been I telling. Keep, people yeah. keep telling me I need to. And, um, mm-hmm. I think it would be good to do a book from an English person's perspective, yeah. visiting America to look oh for big Oh, my books. goodness, yes. I found uh, other other people in UK who do go over, so it'd be quite good to get involved with them, really. Um, oh, but, that'd be great. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm, that would be cool. I really highly encourage you to, to look into doing yeah. that. Or yeah, even I've like just for, for journals, but yeah. You could even just record yourself talking and have someone transcribe it too. I mean, that might be an option too, but I mean, yeah, that would be so cool. I know plenty of people that would be into reading the viewpoint of uh, Bigfooting in the Pacific Northwest, Northern California from um, someone from the UK. That would be so cool. And that's, I don't think that book has ever been written. Yeah, I mean, I wrote quite a, a chunk of my experiences in Richard Freeman's Adventures in Cryptozoology. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote a sort of section in there about my, my two That's main awesome. big experiences. So they're in there. But um, yeah, it is quite, it's that further step, isn't it? The book. Can, can I? Yeah, it is, halfway right? Yeah. Through? Can I, it's, it's a big challenge. I mean, my friend Richard Freeman, he's just written loads, and I just don't know how he does it. Sort of, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know either. He's and Peter Laws as well. Oof. We both know him. I mean, it's like the whole research behind it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, if we had the, the same determination over here, imagine how much we'd, we'd be putting out in the US. Like, yeah, you, yeah, Richard is putting out some serious books. Um, yeah. Is there any place that you haven't gotten to uh, investigate yet that you would, that's on the bucket list? I'd love Bhutan because I'd love to go Mm. there. It's an amazing country. Um, They've only recently allowed internet there because they're, you know, worried about corrupting people. And um, one of the princes there is seriously into Yeti hunting. Um, really? He was on that program, wasn't he? A while, a while back. Oh, what's it called? The one. Um, anyway, this English guy went out there with a the team. They they spotted a yeti in this certain area. There'd been footprints found, and um, they managed to get environmental DNA, which is DNA from water and soil, and yep. they got DNA that looked 
in between a human and an ape. And it was oh, you know, proper DNA. So, but they interviewed the one of the princes of Utah <clears throat> and hardly ever will he allow an interview, but he was so serious. And he said, oh, I've, I've set up a Yeti reserve and he's seriously into it. No he way. sent one of the, he couldn't get him himself. But he sent one of his, you know, um, representatives and they, oh, they went to do the, the interview. Oh yeah. So it's quite wow. serious. It's great. Wow. Isn't it? So, yeah. I have to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to, uh, so got the, uh, list of questions here. Um, so these are kind of, they're, they're interesting questions. There might be some that are like, oh, that's a little departure still into kind of cryptozoology, but just we'll, we'll see. Right. But, um, is there anything, uh, that I should ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. You could ask me, what else do I do apart from cryptozoology? That's true, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's relevant to this program. I, I do paranormal investigation as well. So. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so a that, whole different, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, but it's similar overlap because you're used to using night vision stuff. Um, yeah, so similar stuff. And it also, another thing where it tests your reality, really, and you. Oh man! You know your willingness to open up to stuff, and I've had some pretty weird experiences with that as well. So it makes me a lot more receptive to Bigfoots. <laughs> Actually, had you know what seems to be ghosts do things to order for me, and I've asked them to, sure. and all sorts. So yeah, that's some weird stuff. So Bigfoots not weird to me anymore. I think it's <laughs> right. Yeah, really normal. <laughs> is there a um, is there an incident? in that paranormal research that um, made you completely change your worldview? I think the first time you get an experience, I think it really throws you. Um, I was out, I don't know whether you've ever seen Most Haunted. Um, it's, it's like uh, yeah. a mm -hmm. ghost program. Yep, well, yep. Um, I was out with um, David Wells and I've also done stuff with Karen O'Keefe and I was appeared on, I think, TAPS. Um, and I was I did an investigation with David um and this group and it I just got some very bright light orbs on the camera and it just I thought whoa and and for six months I couldn't go it was my first experience I couldn't go ghost hunting it completely freaked me out I thought wow. oh my goodness they really exist I'd had st some weird stuff when I was younger uh, with experiences but it sort of it really threw my sense of reality for a while and I think I showed like, you know, to some people who just couldn't bear looking yeah. at it, it really scared them. Yeah. And I think that first experience, and I've had other other things that are just so bizarre. I had one um, um, pub, pub called the Carrick Barton. Um, used to be in part of the bits of it. It's, it was a monastery that was knocked down and then it was rebuilt as a school. Then oh, it went a public house. And it's really haunted. It's been investigated wow. by loads of the television teams. It's got mm. loads of ghosts, monk ghosts, you name it, scholar. It. And we had this one um, that you'd be there and the door handle would be going bang, 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 bang. And we casually bunk it to check it wasn't sucked air because there was another door behind it. It wasn't. Wow. And then we stood in front of it and there was six of us, I think. And we sort of, as we weren't, really thinking anything would happen we just said oh you know we know sure. you're there and 
do you mind moving the door handle again? And as we mm -hmm. watched, there was about four or five of us. I think a couple of them couldn't see it because they were obscured by a bit of furniture. But you could see a, a white light, like a ball of white light that almost looked like plasma, like almost like a plankton you see in these programs illuminated from oh, the back. Yeah, right. And it was slightly okay. moving like an amoeba. It was circular, but it would change shape. Literally came out of the wall, went towards this door handle, and then the no door handle we have, oh, oh, and the voices have gone really high because we're scared. Well, thank you very much. You might do that again. And it, 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 it again. And then you do it a third time. It, it, it. And then we said, Oh, thank you very much. And then the ball of light went back into the wall and went, Oh my goodness. That's <laughs> just, like, so really stuck up. Oh yeah. Wow. What, a, what, that was in uh, England or? That was in England. Yeah. A place wow. called Carrick Garden Pub in, um, in, in Exeter and Devon. And it's been, it's got monk ghosts. Um, oh, it's got man. a trial ghost who will do things to order. Wow. Um, yeah, she'll, she's quite good. She, yeah, she'll giggle in your ear and she'll like, hear a crying in the kitchen, but she'll actually do stuff if you asked her to do it. It's freaky. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I'll let you, you yeah, got yeah. all those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That oh, was, that was a very receptive ghost, but that was freaky, this light bulb. The little girl, mm. you know, you can say, will you stand? next to somebody but you wait you'll tell the ghost and not them and then you'll see which who can feel the cold spot and it's always the the oh, person that you whispered yeah. to the, yeah yeah it's freaky <laughs> <laughs> pranks with a ghost i love it yeah. um what are you most excited about right now that could it could be anything oh i mean i want I'm just about to live on a canal boat um, oh that's right yeah so yeah so I, I've been exploring, reading up about haunted waterways, and there's loads Ooh. of them. The Irish navvies who built um, mm. the canals, loads of them died. It was really bad, you know, ah. there weren't a lot of safety things, and there's loads of haunted tunnels. So I'm really waiting to get down there. But I really want to um, I really want to get back out to America and do some Bigfoot research. Wouldn't that be cool? Various people yeah. and just want to get out of there. And just yeah. sort of oh, that'd be get cool. back and yeah, but it's quite frustrating at the moment. But I have been, um, uh, you know, looking at sort of more almasty sightings, you know, in different okay. areas of the world where those might be. So, yeah, mm. wow. Any Papua New Guinea stuff? Uh, I do. Um, I, I've not actually been there yet. I've gone invite okay. out by Rex Yappy, uh, I talked to him quite a lot. Um, and about the ropen, which is the mm -hmm. you know the sort of flying reptile at possibly out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if there's going to be anything, it'll be there. I mean, it. But mind yep. you, areas of Siberia just go on forever. I've flown over Siberia, and it just goes on for hours. Yeah. Exactly. So I see that you know in Canada as well, isn't it? It's amazing. You know, some yeah. of the there are the possibility of any you know undiscovered creatures, and I think New Guinea as mm. well. Yeah. Um, there's so much that's you know unexplored there. Is, uh, is Rex a, a cryptozoologist over there? Yeah, he's okay. he's he's I think he's the main one, if, if not the only oh, one. Oh, he's he he's the dude know. for PNG, yeah, for cryptozoology, he's really, really into it. Yeah, yeah, I gotta track that dude yeah. down. That would be cool. Um, yeah. what are the top books uh, someone getting into Bigfoot should have on their bookshelf? What do you recommend? I mean, although he is my very close friend, I, I wouldn't just say this, you know, mm -hmm. just because he's my friend, but 
Richard Freeman's Adventures in Cryptozoology. Oh, yeah, sure. He's already got one, volume one out, volume two, I think, is coming yep. out about October. They are it's really well written, mm-hmm. really good. Covers dragons, um, hominids, oh, stuff, hominids yeah. a lot. And very, very, he's a very good researcher. Um, he's like an encyclopedia, Richard. You just ask him something, yeah. he'll tell you the date and who did it. And yeah, got amazing memory. Um, I like Tom Powell's book, The Locals. That's yep. very good. And the pictures on the front are very authentic looking. Um, oh, okay, so um, hold on, hold on. That's interesting. So very authentic, like that matches up with what you saw. Very, very similar. Yeah. Really? Very similar. Yeah, the face. Oh, that's amazing. That's right, yeah. I mean, that book that Autumn Williams did, uh, was it called the one? Um, oh, it's got religious... Uh, what the one that Autumn Williams did about the bloke who reckoned he spent time with a Bigfoot. I'm just trying to think what's it. Oh, Let's can't remember the name of it now. But that uh, um, Enoch. Enoch, Enoch right? that's the one. Yeah. yeah, that's amazingly close okay. as well. That that wow, freaked me really? out all that. And and also um oh there's that other one, the radio show guy who saw one who got the face reconstructed. Um that was that a bit similar. It was a bit more ape-like, but yeah. I mean, I, I've seen some, and it's made me go cold because they look so wow. similar. And I've got got a bit shaky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some, some things have sent me a bit shaky again. I'm almost reliving it because my sighting mm-hmm. was all. I almost recall it like a road accident because your brain oh, slows yeah. down because you're in yep. shock and yep. you're oh my goodness and yeah. Oof. That yeah. is cool. I mean, yeah. not that you have to relive that, but just the fact that some book covers will just be like, bam, put you right back into that yeah, scenario. It is. And it's, it's like, crazy. it does send you almost like you've had a car. It is the similar yeah, feeling. You yeah, go all shaky. Totally. And I mean, it's, um, uh, Oh, the lady who had the, um, I've got a name memory block tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Cindy Dozen, is it? The lady got chased by the Bigfoot to a car. Okay, I think it's Cindy okay. Dozen. She, I interviewed, I just, coffee with her at the Sasquatch summit and I you know I saw I saw it was you know had she really or is it and I I, I started chatting with her and the legs and the chin started shaking Ooh. and I said you got really traumatized by that and she said yeah I got really really traumatized by it and you could tell she was you know recounting a real event because she was like mm. reliving the trauma and she was yeah. literally shaking and I thought whoa you know yeah I think there's a good lesson there that when we're interviewing witnesses we have to be very uh empathetic to what they've gone through and to oh, be yeah. able I mean, to you know, connect yeah. with them and people and with a rock support phone. if needed yeah i yeah. mean with a rock phone people said why didn't you stay there and get a shot mm. and it was like i could have been killed i mean yeah, it was totally. really massive it, you know of that one rocket hit us it would have snapped your leg you know the force mm, it was thrown yeah. you hit your head you would have had your cult skull Wow. you know part and you know you, and you're so close to it and we realized this thing was probably four or five feet away it would have just ripped you apart if it had come out and i think you know people say you know bigfoot's are potentially friendly but they're also potentially you know if it's an ape i mean gorillas you have to really watch yourself and they're in i mean a mountain gorilla can rip that arm off just like Oof, that yeah what can yeah. a bigfoot do you know because they yeah, might say i know thing. right I think, you, I think you have to be really careful, you know, with things. It's, um, you know, it could be partly man, but it's also wild animal. And I think, you know, 
I think the habituation stuff's quite good because it's got a choice then. It can come up to you, and I think that's a lot safer. Mm. But I think going into the territory, especially if you've got young, you know, yeah. things will attack. So yeah. you've got to be careful. And humans will attack if they're younger threatened. So I think we all... You oh know, sure, yeah. You, you got to be careful. Yeah. When yeah. when that's involved, what um, <clears throat> what in your opinion is Bigfoot? I think it looked very similar. I mean, it's probably an evolved hominid. It looked very mm. similar to Homo habilis to me. Mm. It wasn't anywhere near in the at all. Um, it wasn't as primitive. I wouldn't have thought as Australopithecus. Um, but it was like somewhere in between, I would say. I wouldn't, I mean, the Gigantopithecus, the, the pictures you see, reconstructions, it's quite ape-like. It wasn't as ape-like. It was a lot more, it was a bit like a cross between a human and an ape. You know, you could okay. see characteristics of an ape, but you could also see, you know, early man characteristics. And sure. And I think the mm. Sierra sounds, I know people who've heard those. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. John Hammer, I know uh, from the BFRO friend of mine, he was out camping and he actually had something whack the side of his truck really high. And then he heard them and his dog was terrified. Um, uh, what was that name heard. again? John Hammer. And, okay. Cause yes. I've heard a similar yeah. story from a, a gentleman in Alabama. That's how yeah. that happened too. And he That's heard wild. The sound, he didn't believe it. And you know, yeah. he was a little bit skeptical till he heard them and they said, exactly like you know the description and what mm. we hear on the tapes wow exactly like that so yeah oh that would yeah. freak me out yeah yeah um i've heard the it, whoops as well i've heard those oh that would be cool yeah mm. yeah Man. we able to record did you ever get anything any sounds on tape or is it thing where it just it happened and usually there's a nothing lot of the recording time it happened i tried to record i think when i was at tom Cantrell's, but they were just too too far away really oh, gotcha yep, yep. you get okay. it you could hear them but your sound recorder just wasn't okay. picking them up i mean i possibly sure. got it's a lot of it's it's finding i do i i want i want somebody who just loves going through data for hours and is willing to sit there i i occasionally like you know manage to get stuff out but it's having the time isn't it i've, I've done it with ghost stuff but it's not a lot of these things you got to sit there for hours and hours and hours i mean we have got people in the cf said who love doing that so you know we sometimes hand them stuff but it's having that yeah. patience on the time if you're working as well i have got to really get on a get create a website really and put this stuff up i think it sounds like yeah. almost a thing like uh david ellis from the olympic project in the pacific northwest oh, like great. yeah he's yeah. the sound guy who's like he's just pouring through yeah everything right looking at the yeah the david's offered to do yeah. stuff with me yeah. yeah yeah he's really good he's really good totally analysis and yeah yeah he's probably the top guy i would say um yeah. is mothman good or something else do you have any thoughts on mothman um i'm not too sure about mothman i would say i mean okay. you've got the jersey devil i think that was probably a crane be quite yeah. frank but my okay, theory okay. and it was also a political dig wasn't it somebody a lot of it but um ah, yeah. i think the the mothman i don't know really it's bizarre i mean i think the brain can create some amazing stuff can it right, sort sure, of sure you know it can really and i think um you know the cf said um john downs and richard freeman was 
I did that there's a global monster template they've looked into the idea that we've got these genetic memories that okay. were things in the past that used to attack us and that um because they yeah. like the big cats we do get there's another thing I've been into big cats as well in England looking for them but they also showed uh researchers showed a bleating black shape to kids in Berlin who would very unlikely to see a wild black cat and kids in the Amazon basin where they could see, you know, jaguars, whatever. And they were equally likely to <clears throat> interpret this shape as a big black cat. So, you know, is it genetic memory? We can recognize spiders, we can recognize snakes, and there's evidence yep. that's a genetic memory, but is there genetic memory for other other things that were perhaps, wow. you know, other large apes that preyed on us or flying animals, you know? That's been be brought up in an interview just the other day, actually, that same exact yeah. notion. Yeah. And I'm sure Richard will expand on that with you. Um, but it, it sort of, you know, sometimes these misinterpretations are things. I think it's a shame in the Bigfoot field. People jump to conclusions. They see a mm. shape and they say it's a Bigfoot. And it, it doesn't do. It's better to just hold back unless you've got something really good because it's giving the field a bad reputation. I don't think you know scientists take it seriously because of that you know i think it's great to offer stuff and to get it debunked but i think you know people need to get something really good before they show it i think it's a difficult one isn't it there's one the other day me and a couple of people on the site quickly debunked a porcupine up a tree now i'm not even american and i could tell it was a porcupine up a tree i'm not used to seeing porcupine up trees but it could figure it out you know yeah yeah so i think people just need to be a bit they get excited i think that's the thing they get i think that's the thing yeah they get extremely excited and you're not thinking logically and yeah i agree yeah Um, it's great enthusiasm is great but you need to be hold back a bit yeah yeah are we uh and i don't know if this is just the u.s thing so we'll see if it lands or not um are we concerned enough about dogman or do you have any thoughts about that? Chris? I did give a talk a while back on Dogman to the, because oh, I'm really? also in okay. ACAP Association for Study of Anomalous Phenomena, um, um, which is like a scientific group. And I did get, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I didn't realize Pat Spain um, had come up with this theory that it was actually a, a bear with mange. And I independently came up oh, with wow. that. And then, Interesting. then Pat, okay. Pat had come up with it as well. And that mm. Pat had got even because he's a zoologist, uh, biologist, he'd actually realized as well that the, it was seen eating something like that. And of course, bears do that, not 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 anything wolf like. Wow. So that was even more. I thought, God, yeah, that's dead on, you know. So I think a lot of the time, and they look bizarre, they look, they, they've mm-hmm. completely lost their fat because a lot of a bear is fat. Um, when they lose that fat and they're really scrawny with mange, that you suddenly. And a lot of them's fur as well. You've got this real dog-like. And they are, you know, dogs and bears come from the same evolutionary line. So, mm. you know, you can understand. But you see them, they re- look like a werewolf. I mean, they look really unusual. You said the gentleman's name is Pat Spain. Is that? Yeah, he's that the guy who did the, um, is it Beastman series, Cryptozoology? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's Charles Fort's great nephew. Oh, that's cool. I had a chat with him on the internet. It was great. Because nice. one of our um, said fourteen zoology, uh, Richard Freeman's one of um, uh, guide Sahar. He sadly died, and mm. I con- randomly contacted Pat because Pat had used this guide. 
not expecting a response and got a really long email back saying, oh, you're from the Foot Centre of Virology, cool. Um, and, wow. and telling me all about, you know, um, his, uh, his, that he was Charles Fort's great nephew and how they'd got some of Charles Fort's stuff at home. And oh, man. Cool. Yeah, I had a really Whoa. good sort of chat with him on the internet. And yeah. That is sweet. Yeah. I love Quite that. a few emails talking about it, yeah. yeah. Oh, that is cool. Uh, what do you think the possibility of living dinosaurs are? I think the uh, Mekelemba Bembe and the, the other mm -hmm. ones in Africa, I think a lot of the time they're mistaken elephants because certain people who see them, okay. uh, certain tribes wouldn't be used to, they don't particularly go to certain areas, you know. Um, uh, and I think they're often elephants swimming because you've got the head mm. coming up. Um, sure. I think okay. okay. I think Pat Spain as well thought that one, and I think that's a highly likely theory. But again, you know, I've been to the uh, it was then Zaire, it's now the Congo, the massive area, loads mm. of it. You know, you can't even get through yeah. very thick forest, um, and there's a possibility. Yeah, um, I think there's definitely a possibility. I and mean, there's a one. Yeah the tribe ate it and then they all died almost all died well <clears throat> a lot of reptile flesh is quite toxic Oof. so okay you know that would be consistent with that so you know you wow. get really bad salmonella off it so there's a little bit of evidence there but i don't know i think i think as well you know some of these areas they're very poor and if you get somebody coming in saying, can you show us this, that, you know, they, they, there's also a cultural thing in Africa. Um, so okay. they want to please. So they'll say yes to please you because they don't want you to have a bad time. Oh, and I, I came across this. I had uh, one point when I said to a guide, like, is that snake not poisonous? He said, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then I had a massively poisonous snake crawl across my shoe. And, no way. Like, this just froze. This, this like, um, this this black snake and it, and i found out afterwards it was like a really poisonous one <laughs> and it, it just, so you just have to ask it's a cultural thing it's trying to please but you you can't you ask any yes or no there. questions yeah. ever yeah that's yeah. it it's a yeah. cultural thing that they're, they're trying to yeah. make sure you have your time so they're saying yeah fine you know but it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a how few poisonous things that you have to watch out for yeah yeah how poisonous is a yeah. snake zero percent great let's go yeah that's it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know i think with anything you have to sort of get to know the culture really and bef and and understand the cultural nuances yep. as well when you go out anywhere to check you know oh, why right. yeah. you might say something they're just trying to please you you know and that 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 does happen in a few areas of the world as well <clears> so yeah wow uh lastly uh what do you consider the top evidence for bigfoot um i mean obviously i know i know it exists because i've seen it myself um yeah, there you go i think the i think the footprints are very good evidence the fact they've got dermal ridges um mm -hmm. i don't think uh because i knew professor brian sykes who sadly passed away recently oh, yeah exactly yeah. and we worked with him in the cfz um he very much believed there was a program actually bigfoot files that was done with him in it and they edited it in a way to imply he didn't believe it and he wasn't happy about it at all that is really absolute does. garbage it really does yeah i was yeah. really upset um because they edited it in a way to imply he didn't believe in it and he really does um wow. we did but um 
he basically said, unfortunately, a lot of things like Melba Ketchum's DNA, there's a lot of evidence it was corrupted by human DNA. Mm-hmm. It's yep. actually very difficult. Brian's done some very good techniques um, with other people for of removing the corrupted stuff and washing it, as it were, to try to remove um, the corrupted. But it's it's so easy to contaminate it with human DNA. And I think this is likely what a lot of people are seeing. He writes about this in, um, I think it's called The Last Neanderthal in the U- US. It was called, the book was called The Nature of the Beast in the UK. His book, okay. but because of the religious yeah. connotations, he, they changed the name in America. Sure. Yeah. But it mm. talks about it there. But I think, you know, it's very easy to get it corrupted. And you've got to know what you're doing when you collect it. Jackie, this has been super, super fascinating. Like, that, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for chatting yeah, tonight. Yeah, thank you. I keep forgetting all the names tonight. <laughs> the names hey, it's me. enough for me to look up stuff. So that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah this is cool. Yeah. Um, if... Uh, so it sounds there's definitely maybe some you know uh maybe future things coming um are you putting out uh things currently to do with cryptozoology um it sounds like you've you have in the past uh at least in richard freeman's book you can read stuff um anything else that people can keep up to date with what you're doing i always ask that um I am. I, I'm going to have probably a bit more time soon. I probably will do a website, really. So cool. I'm hoping to do that. And I'll let you know. Yeah, uh, let when me know, totally. Up, really. And as I said, I keep getting nagged to do this book. So I might have a bit oh, more time to. soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Definitely, yeah. All right. Jackie, thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, any last words? Or if not, I think we're good to go. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we ideally need to get evidence for Bigfoot. And I think, mm. you know, I don't think it's that with the forests it's in, I don't think it's that much in danger. It's not like an owl with a nest that gets knocked sure. down. I think the forestry protects it, to be quite frank. Um, I think, though, I don't, I'm definitely not an advocate for shooting it. I think, you uh. know, you can get other evidence. I think, you know, it's um, any animal, I think I don't agree with shooting to get specimens to prove the science. I think there's other ways you can do it. And I think, you know, while I've cameramen, um, mm. they're probably the best people. Um, I spoke to some top while I cameramen who were quite interested in, in it. And I think that's the answer, isn't it? It's get, you know, don't use autofocus cameras. They can't cope in the woods. Um, try to well, get manual yeah. focus cameras and try to, you know, but habituation seems to be the answer. I think people are starting to get, you know, quite good results with habituating, which is what they did with the mountain gorillas. So. Wow. That's, that's very interesting. Oh man. There's a lot to unpack from this episode. Thank you. Um, this has been a pleasure. Uh, let me know if I can ever help in any way in the future uh, with, you know, future publications or anything, but uh, thank you so much for coming on Jackie. Yeah, great. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks again to Jackie for coming on the podcast, uh, allowing me to share the interview to the rest of you guys. And uh, again, uh, if you're not following Bigfoot Society on all the social medias, follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Society. Do us a favor, subscribe to us on YouTube so you can see the video portion. I just uh, released about 45 videos on there about so. It's going to be a good time. 
And uh, that would definitely help out the podcast if you could subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, Go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at BigfootSociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot.Society at Bigfoot.Society. One last thing, guys. We need to talk about the new Clubhouse app. Uh, It's currently in beta. It is an audio-only platform. I am currently setting up uh, the cryptozoology community on Clubhouse. So if you have Clubhouse, look up uh, my name, which is public and out there, Jeremiah Byron. And uh, it's username at Bigfoot Society. Add me so that you can be in the Clubhouse Bigfoot Society room that'll be happening every week at uh, Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great time. We've got a lot of people already in there. Uh, You're going to get hooked. So check it out. Also regarding Clubhouse today, uh, Sunday, May 9th, uh, Clubhouse is now open to all Android users. So if you've been holding off because you're on Android, now is the time to download the app, get plugged into the community. We hang out every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Talk about cryptozoology. If you go to my Instagram profile, at Bigfoot Society, uh, it's in the link tree there about where to download the Android Clubhouse app. Go on. Go ahead, let's get going. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or 